couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything at all. He stripped it all away. And at the end of the day, I was just left with Jesus. That showed me the Lord asking me, am I enough? And of course, he's enough. He's more than enough. I, that's all I need. I just need the Lord. Has Jesus transformed your life? If he has, then I want to share your story. My name is Kelly, and I'm a new Christian who has been through a full heart change recently since I truly accepted the gospel. A huge part of my faith transformation was hearing others' testimonies. Now here I am, ready to share yours and keep the good news spreading. On this podcast, I will read your submitted stories and have you on to share them yourself. My goal is to give back in hopes it helps others grow in their faith. Welcome to Tell Me Your Testimony. Hi friends, Kelly here. Just a quick note, some topics discussed may be sensitive to some listeners. I keep the language clean, but there are adult themes involved. Please be advised this podcast is for adult audiences only. Thank you. Now on to the episode. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. It truly is a blessing and I'm thankful for this. I know that the Lord is going to use this testimony to help a lot of women, single women, married women, women who are thinking about having children and uh, women who are going through postpartum. I can honestly say that my story started in a very interesting and particular way. I was already a believer. I'm still going through the trial, but to give you a backstory, I had my first child at 33. And when I gave birth, I thought everything was going to be a smooth deal. I had a smooth pregnancy, but afterward, I didn't think that I would become disabled for almost a year. For me, that was very difficult to kind of comprehend, you know, how how is it that the Lord gave me this child and joy and all of this, and, and now I have to possibly face the reality of maybe not being able to walk or run again, to feel normal again, to have a, a, a healing and, and peace in my body and not have any pain. Essentially what happened to me is that when I gave birth, because I had a very large, heavy baby, started having a chronic pelvic pain in my SI joints. And that was very difficult with a newborn as you can imagine, having to breastfeed a baby, not being able to walk for longer than 10-15 minutes, or lie down for, for long enough, or sit. It was quite a challenge not being able to sleep at night because of the excruciating pain that I was dealing with in my joints, my muscles. I, I pretty much got everything under the book regarding pain. It was a, I had piriformis syndrome which essentially, because of all the tightness and the stress of giving birth and carrying the baby, every single muscle and fiber in my body was traumatized. Not every woman experiences this. Some women recover faster than others, and that's something that I had to really learn and and research, you know, what was going on with me. Because usually women, I would say between three to five months, are, are up and running, and they're doing great. That wasn't my case. And to say the least, it was very hard for my husband and I because we were experiencing a lot of joy with our new baby, but we were also experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of heartache and pain. Um, There were many, many times where my husband had to help me take a shower, carry me, 
he had to do the groceries. He had to do everything uh, for, for a long, long time, many, many months like that. Our relationship did did strain a bit and, and it was difficult holding, holding on. The only thing we can hold on to was Jesus. And I'm really glad and thankful that already have been a believer for at least six, seven years. So because this happened at this time, I was able to endure the process. And even though I didn't have a, an answer from doctors of what was going on, I had no immediate relief. Nothing helped, not even therapy. Nothing was helping. And I really, really did think that this was it for me, that I was not going to walk again the same way, without pain. This was my life from now on. And having to really have that one-on-one -on -one with God and asking Him why this was happening and questioning even if the Lord was good and if He truly did love me and He would heal me, you know. And, and, and I remember when I be first became a believer, I did have a health issue and I didn't know the Lord at the time. And I remember asking the Lord, if you are who you say you are and you, you're a healer, please heal me from these cancerous cells that were forming in my body. And the Lord did heal me and he didn't, he did it immediately and he didn't wait, he didn't have me wait for too long. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, Jesus does that. He heals you immediately and, and it is something that helps increase your faith in him. And, you know, he, he showed himself to me. But this time around, it was a little different. And I actually was tested and my faith was tested and I'm still enduring it now. The pain has subsided a lot more. I'm able to walk now. I'm able to, I'm not able to run yet, <laughs> but I can, I can walk. I can sit for longer periods of time. I can stand for longer periods of time. And, and now the, the, the muscle spasms and all of that has gone away including the sciatic nerve issue that I was having. So all of these things, the Lord has been really faithful. I'm thankful, but he really did put me through the process. And some of the verses that I had to hold on to, Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that kind of helped me hold on and, and remember that no matter what circumstances I'm going through, just like the Apostle Paul was going through, he was still joyful in hope. He never lost hope in Christ. His faith was strengthened. His character was strengthened. And his uh, character was conformed more to the image of Christ, which really is the end goal of the Lord, is for us to be conformed to his, the image of his son. And understanding that and learning that, even though I was a quote-unquote more mature believer uh, being with the Lord for, for a longer time, I thought I knew all of this, but... It's almost like I didn't know all of this until I went through this. Also, Mark 9, verse 23 to, through 25, you know, Jesus says, if, if, you, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The man who was experiencing his child being demonically possessed and all of this, he, he was having trouble. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I think a lot of times as believers, when we go through things like that, there is a, a form of doubt or sometimes there is a little bit of unbelief that settles in our heart. And that's where, we're, where our faith is tested. And even when we don't have a lot of faith, we can ask the Lord to increase our faith. We can ask Him for help in those times. 
uh, for us to believe that yes, the Lord can do all things. And even if he doesn't heal, he's still good. Even if he doesn't take you out of that situation, God's bigger plan is, is greater than you can imagine. And there is a, there is a will that God has for your life. There is a, a, a purpose for this circumstance that you're experiencing. And it doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. And those are things I had to learn, you know, even if God doesn't heal me, will I still love him like Job was experiencing, you know, God gives and God takes away. I had to come to the that re reconciliation, you know, how, how do I, how do I live life like this? But at the end of the day, God has given us salvation and he died on the cross for us. He experienced more, more pain than we could possibly ever go through in this life, but because he experienced that pain, he he understands us. He has compassion, and he's there right with us when we're praying. He's there with us through the trial, sustaining us and and helping us with his with his grace because his grace is indeed sufficient. So all of those things were just things that I had to learn. And on top of the fact that I was experiencing physical pain, I was also experiencing postpartum depression. DMER, uh, dysphoric milk ejection reflux, which is something that happens where you're, you have sadness while you breastfeed. So imagine all of these things combined all at once. How do you, how do you survive that? And, and not, not being able to be in control of your emotions and being irritated and angry because your hormones are all over the place. And you know, something that I held so dear to, so it was so dear to my heart. I always wanted to breastfeed um, because I unfortunately was not breastfed. That's a, that's because my mom was unable to. She was on antibiotics and she couldn't. And, you know, she, she would have loved to breastfeed me and, and, and it wasn't possible for her, which is understandable. And I, I thought to myself, well, if God willing, I'm able to breastfeed, I'll do, I'll try. And I was able to, but... I had this struggle where I had this sadness and hopelessness that fell over me every time the milk started to process. So all of those things just combined really, really tested my faith. Many times I felt like dying. Many times, many times. Uh, I had to battle with emotions of, of not wanting to live anymore. Thankfully, you know, I, I held on to the, to the Lord and the Word of God and always reminding myself that I had worth, that my life was valuable, that the Lord is with me and that I was going to get through this. Just knowing that I was going to get through this is, and continuing to hold on to him has helped me in my faith to grow stronger in my love for the Lord and knowing that I have Christ with me. And if I have Christ, I have everything. So that's my story. Wow. First of all, I've never heard of that with the with the milk because I, I know that they tell you usually when that happens you actually feel good I right. didn't understand I, I I didn't know that that's something that could happen on top of everything else how did you yeah, how did you find out you know it's uh, interesting because for the first three four months I didn't know I had demur because like you said it's usually supposed to be quite the opposite. You're supposed to feel joyful. You're supposed to feel the oxytocin hormones and all of this while you're breastfeeding. And that wasn't my case. And I was wondering, is it postpartum depression or is it demur? 
and it was definitely demur in the sense that I started uh, timing what was going on and when I felt the low sadness and it would always happen when the when I would feel my milk filling up and filling up the breast and it lasts only a few seconds and then it will go away and that's how I knew after reading several articles that I had demur and I even spoke to my pediatrician about it and she didn't know about it a lot of people don't know about this it's not spoken of women suffer in silence and I would say there's a small percentage of women that go through this, but it definitely is there. And I think the uh, breastfeeding coalition of Florida here is finally catching up to what's going on with women that experience that. And many times they give up in breastfeeding because they feel that, but they don't, they don't know it's demer. And part of my journey was discovering that speaking to lactation consultants about what I was experiencing and they affirmed that that was indeed what I was going through and uh, learning to eat foods that had that were high in dopamine to kind of try and balance those hormones just wait until it went away and it finally did go away after like six months but imagine that being on top of feeling sadness and irritation with postpartum depression which is also something I didn't know I had because I was in denial that I was angry and irritated and and I would lash out at my family members and a lot of my family especially my mom she was very very hurt because she she felt that I had uh, hate towards her and I didn't uh, I would never feel that way towards my mom or my dad but they were experiencing that from me because I was not in control of my emotions. So it was a very tough time. And my mother was here for many, many months helping me so that I would recover because I couldn't really hold a baby, walk. I could hold a baby when he was a lot younger, a couple months, but then after he started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it wasn't wise for me to pick him up anymore because of my joint pain. I'm I'm trying to imagine all that. That is a lot to go through at such a incredibly hard season just on its own and having Definitely. all that on top of it. Did you feel that there were there were times where it just wasn't getting better and you didn't know where where God was in all of this? Cuz I asked that because I remember feeling similar. I had postpartum depression, anxiety, with both daughters and I didn't really know the Lord at that time but I just remember seeing no end in sight. <laughs> Did you feel a similar way? Yes, absolutely. Especially when it comes to postpartum depression, you don't but and when you're a new mom, you don't really know is this permanent? Is this going to be a lifelong issue or will it will it go away? When will my body feel back to normal? It's just not something that is spoken of or, or, and a lot of women don't get that kind of preparation before they go into any kind of pregnancy. There were times I would weep a lot. I would weep every day, but uh, even I would weep in the middle of the night, not being able to sleep with pain and cry out to God and ask him, you know, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. And I would tell him, Lord, I don't know how long I can do this for how long, how much I can take. I, I, I don't think I'm strong enough. 
and I know that your grace is sufficient and I know that you are here with me, but this pain is is excruciating. Nobody can endure this and, and help me. And I would weep. And there were moments where I was angry at the Lord. I was very angry and I would wonder where he was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my husband would always have to kind of just like, bring me back and remind me that the Lord was not oblivious to what was happening to me. And he has allowed it to happen, not just for me, but also for my husband and, and for us to go through this as a, as a, as a couple, as a married couple and to strengthen in the Lord and to, to hold on to him versus, versus our own thoughts and our, our own way of thinking. That verse always came to mind. Do not lean on your own understanding. And I don't remember the rest of the, the rest of it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's funny, but I, I knew it so well then, but do not lean on your own understanding. And um, uh, because the Lord's ways are, are higher than ours. And, and I, that, I, that comforted me so much because as much as I tried to figure out God and understand what was going on with me and why I was experiencing this for this long. And even now I'm still not out of the woods completely, but I have come to a place where I'm now starting to see the healing. I'm starting to feel more at peace. I'm joyful again because I know that there are new beginnings. And this trial has made me so strong in my faith, so strong that nothing else now that I had priorities over matters to me. Things like a ministry. I used to be a leader in the church and, and a worship singer. And I could not continue doing any of that because of my condition. And the Lord stripped away everything. He stripped away ministry, stripped away me going places. In middle, even in the middle of a pandemic, you could still probably go somewhere, but I couldn't go anywhere, even if I wanted to. Yeah. I was a prisoner in my own home. Oh. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And, and he stripped it all. He stripped it all away. And at the end of the day, I was just left with Jesus. That showed me the Lord asking me, am I enough? And of course, he's enough. He's more than enough. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I need. I just need the Lord. And it was just that Job moment. It was just one-on-one, you and me, Lord, no one else. And to live is Christ and to die is gain. And, and no suffering can take away the joy of the Lord in my heart. No suffering. And, and and I realized that brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are also suffering for the Lord, suffering for His name's sake, persecution, uh, uh, sickness, uh, disease, all these things, trials, people losing uh, children, grief. And all of this is, we're not exempt from suffering and and we will not suffer anymore once we're in heaven with the Lord and understanding all of that. I think the word of God came, became more alive for mm. me as I experienced these, these things. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the fact that he, he does that, he kind of just breaks you down to where the only thing that you can put your eyes on is him. And, and then you get everything from that. It, it's so beautiful how that happens. And yeah. I, I know kind of trying to learn how he works in that way was always so confusing for me as 
not really believe not really like a true believer but just seeing that and hearing these these stories and having one kind of similar and that everything was kind of taken from me gives you a chance to sit with him and truly know him because sometimes we get so involved in our lives and focusing on just like nonsense things um his voice can get quieter and quieter and when we need him the most it's like we're a kid that's screaming with our fingers in our ears and (laughs) not wanting to listen but if only we we stopped and were quiet we could we can hear his voice and truly know what we're here for and I think the the fact that you you were still even through all that mentally and the physical pain you were still reaching out to him calling out to him even though you may have not felt it in the moment that he was listening he was and the fact that you just didn't give up on that is just so amazing (laughs) and a lot of people may not feel that way they just you know like how Job's wife was like curse God and die you know a lot of a lot of people might just kind of go on that end but you you kept your faith through it all and he's helped you through that and I'm sure he's given you more wisdom through that experience to talk to others to know empathy and to know you know someone who has a similar situation that you've gone through something very difficult physically and mentally and Jesus was the answer through it all as well. Do you have any other other things that you got out of this situation? Yes, you actually touched really key points um, regarding empathy, not cursing God, like you mentioned. I definitely felt that at that moment, the enemy was definitely waiting (laughs) I could just feel it that the enemy was just waiting for me to curse God or waiting for me to just say, I, 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 this Lord is, you, you're not real or something like that, right? I just knew though that this was a trial. It was a test and I had to persevere through it, through the furnace. And I said, no, I'm, I'm coming out of this without smoke. And it doesn't matter if the enemy wants me to, to be against the Lord because I'm not being healed like I want to immediately at the moment. And and I would have to battle with that. I would have to say, even if he doesn't heal me, he's still good. I still love the Lord. He is more than enough for me. He gave me salvation. What more can I ask for? Uh, empathy with with people. You know, sometimes I reflect back and I think, would I go through this again if the Lord asked me to go through it again? Like if, if, if I would have had a choice, go through this or not go through this? I think I would say I would go through it. As hard as it was, and as hard as it still is, like you said, I uh, it strengthened my faith and it, it gave me, uh, uh, wow, uh, perseverance. I think at the end of the day, that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to persevere so our character can be molded. I, I took out of that whole situation empathy for the sick. I no longer see people who are suffering in in the same way i see them with compassion more compassion than i used to have before if i see someone who is sick i will stop and i will pray for them i will not keep going i will not keep with my day-to-day life i will pray for them be for them ask them how they are doing help them in any way i can if you need if you need anything i'm here for you in the limited capacity that i'm able to help but i can help Mm -hmm. and god has given us 
that that gift of, of, of encouragement, that gift of loving one another and carrying each other's burdens, because that is indeed the love of Christ. That is how that is how we fulfill the law of Christ, loving one another, loving your neighbor, loving God and loving your neighbor. And that's how we know that we belong to the Lord, that we are his disciples if we love one another. And I think going through that, those trials and persecution and things like that really hone hones in on that that perfect love of Christ, that agape love that God wants to produce out of us. So that's what I took away with me from from what I experienced. And it's still continuing, but not as bad as it used to be, much better. <laughs> Great. And isn't that what you get out of it is priceless because you can take that with you wherever you go, whoever you talk to, you have that experience behind you and you have that glory of what Jesus has done for you and you can tell others, which is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> but even even not in the, in that way of if if there if there's a person that's not a non-believer and you can still talk to them about your experience and they can relate in some way or or still yeah. see how wow that's that's impressive you know she went through that and here she is and she's <laughs> I would not have been that way you know some people might have think think that but it's like those little nuggets mm-hmm. of those stories that people tell they get carried with them and then if the Lord is you know, willing to reach into their hearts, those uh, moments can come back to them. And I'm sharing this from my own experience because I've had uh, a lot of those type of stories or moments in my life where I just kind of brushed them off. But now as a believer, like a true believer, they come back in the forefront of my head and I'm like, yeah, thank God for that moment, for that person telling me. So that right there, that story that you have is is a gift to share and that's why I'm so glad to have you on here talking about it the other thing I wanted to talk about briefly is postpartum for men and not a lot of people know about this but there there is it's a quiet thing as well I I believe my husband had it with both of our daughters and I I don't know if it was because of how I was acting or just how crazy that that season was for us. But he actually mentioned it and he, he felt like he had it. If you're willing to share, did your husband have any anything like that? I, I know it's it's not a, a big thing people talk about, but it is real. I like to ask if, if that's okay. Definitely. And first of all, I'm very sorry that you had to endure that as well. But, um, but the Lord is in control, you know, and, 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 I'm thankful to hear another story from someone else knowing that motherhood is, is we need to support each other. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and regarding my husband, um, you know, he was very supportive and still is uh, and has been the entire time. However, I did notice one time when he did mention that he felt depressed mm. uh, because of what was happening. Sometimes he would feel anxiety. Sometimes he would feel like we were not going to come out of this situation. Sometimes he did feel impatience and, and he never really wanted to make it about, make me feel like it was my fault because it really was no one's fault. And that's when he had to hold on to God and we would have to pray together, mm-hmm. weeping together, pleading to the Lord for him to come through. We would weep together a lot and pray together. And uh, I don't know 
if he did have postpartum depression because we never really I guess he wasn't like the focus but like you said a lot of men do go through this and I, I do think it's definitely a real thing it could possibly be maybe related to the effects of what the woman is feeling because depression sometimes can be hormonal but it's not always that it's it, it's it's the circumstances and the situations around us that all of that affects our mental health mm-hmm. and our our state of being so i definitely do think that he he might have had some mild postpartum postpartum depression from his end although he wasn't experiencing all the hormonal changes that i was going through right and that's just such a huge difference and it's like you said you can't you can't control what your hormones are doing and it basically changes you into a different person um (laughs) and i i hope that your your mom understood and you know didn't take it personally after the fact and i know it's so hard in the moment um, right. when someone's acting that way to not take it personally. But hopefully she she's understanding and you know it's not something that she did. It's just such it's such right. a hard season. And Very I just hard. want um anyone that's listening to to know that there's hope through it even even if it feels like this is going to go on forever. It it's not. I know it feels that way because the days are like one big day. <laughs> you know, you can't get out of it. And it's, it's so good to seek help too, especially with Jesus. But if you're, if you're not um, a believer yet, or if, you know, you're, you're still building that relationship, it's always good to get help um, from your doctor or whatever. And that's something with my first daughter, I didn't, not until I think she was probably seven months. So I was dealing with this anxiety it was like OCD, anxiety, and depression all at once um, by myself. And it wasn't until then I reached out and got help, and it, it definitely made a huge difference. But then with my second, I knew right away I was going to have it, basically. And the the difference between the first time and the second was huge um, as far mm-hmm. as um, how I was feeling and functioning day to day. Did you reach out for any help? I know you had the physical part, but... Um, was there a point where you reached out for the mental part as well? I did reach out to the lactation consultant to help me understand what I was going through. I did not, unfortunately, reach out to any mental health counselor. One, because it's not free. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have $80 to pull out for an hour. You know, I didn't. We were not in that situation to, to do that, which is heartbreaking in the sense because you know a lot of women need help and 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 sometimes we just don't we're economically or, or monetarily we do not have the means at that time or at that moment because you have a new baby you, you, your spending should be I mean even though mental health is priority you're spending your money on on diapers and things like that so totally understandable uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so for me it was almost like a, I was in denial that I had postpartum depression because I thought, no, there's no way I'm a Christian. I cannot have this, you know, and it's just that whole idea that you you think you're, because you're Christian, you can't suffer health issues. <laughs> and 
uh, lo and behold, the Lord showed me, no, uh, you live in a fallen world, sweetie pie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to experience these things. You're a human. Um, I, what I did do, I reached out to certain brothers and sisters in Christ and the faith that I knew had experienced postpartum depression that mm. helped a lot. Uh, I had a sister in Christ who did experience something similar to me. And uh, she helped me during the panic attacks, during the moments that I didn't know what was going on with me. I think, you know, the Lord provides regardless when you, even if you don't have money for a mental uh, health counselor, he will surround you with people that, that will support you, will help you, will listen. Of course, not everyone is going to understand you completely in your situation, but it's important to find believers who will not condemn you or make you feel like it's your fault, but mm -hmm. believers that you can really trust and open up and not feel guilty, not feel like, you know, you're doing something wrong, but someone who truly understands. So prayer is key. I would say in the sense, in the sense in, in, in finding those people, because sometimes your husband won't understand fully or your mother won't understand fully. God will put those people on your, in your path. And, and he did that for me. He never forsook me. And I, I could see God's hand through that. Yeah, even <laughs> even if you feel like, um, yeah, like you said, you, you weren't able to seek out a mental health professional. You were still able to talk. And that's the biggest thing is just feeling safe and comfortable enough to talk to somebody and, you know, not feel ashamed. Because ultimately... Um, <laughs> The enemy wants you to feel alone and feel isolated, and and in that point, if you're if you're not prepared, he will just pound you with all of these horrible negative thoughts that just make it worse and worse and worse. Besides the actual physical part, the hormonal right. part that's part of your biology, he can actually just <laughs> steamroll that as well. Being alone, you're more vulnerable to that too. So I, I think that's beautiful that, you know, throughout that you were, you were praying and he put those people in your life to speak to. And I'm sure that did wonders for you, for your mental health. That's, a, that's the biggest thing I think is isolating yourself. I was deep into isolation. I had a winter baby and I was so, so isolated. I didn't want anyone around. I was so afraid of germs and this was even before the pandemic. Wow. So I was like super paranoid and I totally put myself in a box. I didn't want to talk to anybody and it was so lonely. And looking back now, I could just see how the enemy just was like, just started a fire basically with that situation and just made things worse. So I love your story, Jennifer. I love how even through all of this pain and anguish, he never forsaken you. Yes. That is that is so so beautiful and it shows his love and it shows his compassion for what you're going through because you yeah. know even he suffered and that's one of the most beautiful things about the gospel is that he has gone through similar pains to us. He's gone through the isolation and the tests, he's gone through the physical pain, he's gone through the mental pain and um he understands that's just such a strong, strong thing to hold on to. I just want to encourage our listeners to, you know, if you're going through something like this, similar, 
any any struggle or trial in your life, you know, reach out to him. He's there. He's listening. Even if you don't feel it, he will either put people in your path, open a door or close a door for you. Always good. He's always good. Even in the the darkest moments where we don't think he's there, he's there for sure. Um, is there is there any other things that you would like to tell our listeners, Jennifer? For final thoughts, I would say that never lose sight of the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Even if you're in the middle of the storm or you're drowning, it may feel that way at that moment. Open up the Bible, read the verses out loud, pray the Psalms, do what you have to do, seek help, and never, never suffer alone. And because I know I did as, as, as you did as well, Kelly, because, you know, when we, when we, we don't know what's going on, it's, that's what ends up happening. We withdraw and we isolate ourselves. And that's definitely something the enemy takes uh, advantage of. Hopefully this, this uh, conversation can help anyone who is experiencing this, maybe a first time mom and, and realize that this is all normal, that you're not alone. And like, like Kelly said, you know, the gospel is, is what we can hold on to that, knowing that Jesus suffered and understands us and uh, he overcame. And because of that, we can overcome and we're victorious in Christ as well, because he overcame on that day. Praise the Lord. And, and if there's anyone who ever needs any kind of help or has questions they can always ask me uh on my on my instagram and dm me godly underscore words ministries that's how you can find me godly underscore words ministries you can also find me on on godlywordsministries.com and you can email me feel free if there's anything i can do to help to make the process easier or to give you like some sort of direction, I'm more than willing. I, I know that there are programs out there. Before I, I got pregnant, there was a program that was offered for free at the clinic that I was at. It was called the Rose Program. But unfortunately, after I gave birth, the counselor was no longer there. So, and, and the pandemic hit because I literally had the baby during the pandemic. So at the beginning phases of it, so because of that, mental health counselors weren't even available at the time. And it was very hard to even get an appointment. So the struggle was real. It was a lot harder. But there is any kind of program that is offered in your area or in your clinic. Make sure you ask about it. Make sure you, you find something that is free and available. Resources that you can have before you get pregnant and after because this whole process is a whole journey and the more knowledge you have the more preparation the easier it will be to to get through anything that may or may not happen so that's that's pretty much it and I I bless everyone and I bless you Kelly as well God bless you and thank you for this opportunity thank you I I will definitely leave Jennifer's Instagram handle in the show notes and I also want to leave just some resources that I can at least try to put together for our listeners if they feel like they need something. If you or anyone you know is going through something, you think that this this episode would help them, you can feel free and share it with them as well. 
and um, Jennifer is leaving herself out there to um, just be a supportive friend, basically, if if you have a similar story, if you're going through, you need to talk to someone that, that's been there. Um, that's so valuable, especially in this world that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. I also gave birth during the pandemic, so <laughs> I totally understand that, like, help, <laughs> no one's there feeling. Oh um, so that, that's just one other person that you can talk to and just, you know, make a friend that way. Yeah, I really want to thank her for being here and sharing. Again, anyone who wants to be on this podcast, you're welcome to. And you don't have to have an Instagram. I'm That's where I'm at basically all the time as far as social media goes. But I do have an email that I will leave down below as well. And you can just email me there. You don't have to have like I said, any kind of social media, you can just share your story anonymously. So that's, I always like to say that after someone shares an Instagram story, because sometimes as a listener, you think, well, I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a website. Does she really want to hear my story? Yes. I want to hear your story, no matter where you're at on the web, basically. (laughs) So I just want to leave that out there. And again, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on and sharing. I really hope this podcast blessed someone, gives them some hope, hope in Jesus, because he really is the only one we have. Yeah, I'm going to end that here. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much. With this podcast, I also want to make sure that everyone listening hears the gospel. So if you're listening and you've heard the gospel, but you're not really sure what it means, you've grown up in church and you've heard it preached, but the words kind of just go in one ear and out the other, and you haven't really experienced a true change or have a heart for Jesus. So I want to give you a summary of what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. And yeah, it is definitely good news, and here's why. God created man in his image. He made us to worship and to be in full relationship with him. Everything he created was good. And then man sinned by disobeying God's command when Eve ate that fruit in Eden. Basically, they thought that they knew best and that they could figure out the rules for themselves and they could take it from here. If you have small children, do you notice how they disobey at such a young age? No one teaches them that. This rebellion is a part of that fall from Adam and Eve and it's basically a curse and God created us to have free will so unfortunately this is what they chose because God is so glorious perfect and just he cannot have a full relationship with a sinner as he intended Romans 6 23 says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so hang on to this for a minute I'm going to take you through why the Bible is so important and why it's the living Word of God throughout the Old Testament you will find that man is constantly sinning God gave them rules and the Ten Commandments to live by one of the ways they atoned for sins was to sacrifice a spotless lamb but of course they would sin again and have to do this over and over again God made sure that his commandments and rules would be followed by the Jewish people over time, and he preserved his words in the Jewish Torah over thousands of years. A few hundred years before Christ came, he let the prophets of the Old Testament know what he was going to do about the sin problem. They stated that God would send his son to save the world, and this was also preserved through time. Now when Jesus came, there were many Jewish people that did not like what he was teaching. The religious leaders of this time, they did not have a 
heart for what he was trying to do. A lot of the people misinterpreted the prophet's message that the Messiah would free the Jewish people from oppression, and specifically at that time, the Roman Empire that was ruling over them. But that was not God's plan. His plan was for Jew and non-Jewish people, also known as Gentiles, to be saved and to be a part of his kingdom. When Jesus was crucified, his last words before dismissing his spirit were, it is finished, meaning that he was fulfilling the prophecy that he would die. He would be the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, to take on God's wrath for sin for everyone that believes in him. He was fully God and fully man. He was always there throughout time. Basically, he took the punishment that we all deserve. Now, we have all sinned. Every single one of us. Nobody is perfect. Even as young children, we lie, we dishonor our parents, and that is still a sin in God's eyes. No one is exempt here. God took it upon himself to solve that problem, to let us be in a full relationship with him, and when we are in a full relationship with him, the gifts that he gives with that are so amazing. One of the things that Jesus said before he descended into heaven was that I am going to send a friend to you as promised. That friend is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity. He is there to remind us that we are never alone. He dwells within us. He guides us. He protects us. He gives us peace when we dwell with him. And if you look up the fruit of the Spirit, that will help you understand what he does. Most of the world has heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. We're all sinners. God solved that problem by sending Jesus. And he requires us to trust and believe that he is the Messiah and to make it known to others and to walk with him for the rest of our days. And I promise he will never fail you. We also must turn from our sin or in other words, repent. We walk differently than how we were before knowing Christ. And these testimonies should show how amazing and freeing his grace is. One of the most beautiful things that I'm learning is that God's promise for full redemption of all creation. He promises that all believers will live with him as first intended in Eden. He will wipe away all sin forever, no more tears, a new heaven, and a new earth forever. And you can find this in Revelation 21. I hope this helps make sense of what the gospel is. I encourage you to read the New Testament, maybe use the Bible app if you don't have a physical Bible, but there are tons of resources there to help you understand. Please get in the Word. There are a lot of Christians out there that are self-proclaiming that they have not read the Bible. I was one of them. I never touched it. I didn't get it. Now I cannot get enough of it. Another thing that is so important to realize is that you cannot gain salvation by doing good works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. The reasons why Christians do good things is because we are saved, not to be saved. So if you're stuck in that thought that you have to constantly redeem yourself, Jesus died for that. He is the one that did it. So because you're saved, you want to do good things, not the other way around. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Jesus also simplified things for us. Because there were so many rules, actually over 600 rules in the Jewish Torah, he simplified it with this. All of the commands are so simple. Love your Lord your God. Love other people as you do yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this encouraged you to get in your Bible. If you have not read it in a while, reach out to a church maybe and get 
plugged in, it is so important to walk with others in this journey. We are not meant to be alone in our walk with Christ. I also want to leave you on this note. When you're reading the Bible, think of this. The entire Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. Read it with that perspective and I promise it will change your life. Psalms 105.1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. I hope that these stories resonated with you. There is such a beautiful power in what Jesus can do in our lives. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at tellyourtestimonypod at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at tell me your testimony pod and reach out there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review as it helps the show get recommended to more people. And of course, I appreciate you sharing it with your friends as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll be back to share more testimonies next week. God bless.